are we back, Big Ugly? We are back, man. It's been what two long weeks? It's been too long. They've I'm been crying. You. They've been crying in the streets for us to come back and talk. <laughs> I think they have. This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And you listen to the Big Ugly. This is gonna be fun. I'm, I'm excited. I'm always excited yeah, to do I'm this. I'm very excited for today. Uh, we got a special guest coming up, which we is do. gonna be great. Um, talk this good old wrestling business. That's right. That we love. And then we're going to talk about, I think, uh, NXT TakeOver The End, or The End of the Beginning, as it was called. Yes. Um, I'm confused about the name. Do you understand the name? (laughs) I didn't understand the name at first. I thought it was possibly just the end of the feud between Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, which it likely is. Likely is. I think it means, uh, the way they were talking during the show, it's the end of the current era of NXT, and now we're getting into the new era of NXT, just like... Up top in the uh, main promotions, they're into the new era, the new way of thinking. So, I think that's yeah. what it is. So, I mean, I know we're going to discuss this in length. But we will. What, what is? Uh, all right, I'll save it because I'm just going to say, well, okay. what is the new era? But we'll we're, save it for later. We're going to talk yeah. about that, and we might even that. talk about that with our special guest here today. Yes. Um, and uh, also, we're going to talk about Money in the Bank coming up. Um, you know, that's a great pay per view on the WWE Network. I'm not going to tell you how much it is because we're not promoting them. Nope. And. Uh, you know, going to talk everything, pro wrestling. I mean, we got TNA Slammiversary coming up. They actually have a pay-per-view that you can buy for several uh, tens of dollars. Um, I, I don't know about that. We're going to we'll, we'll get into that. But um, also, we you know, there's some UFC talk. Hey, we live in Baltimore, Maryland, and there was a bench-clearing brawl with the Baltimore Orioles. Did you see that? Man, I saw that, and they keep replaying. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to yeah. talk. That was dirty yeah. and ugly. It's, I think Baltimore, even though uh, I forget a guy's name that, that punched out the uh, the uh, Manny Machado. Yeah, Manny Machado, yeah. Even though Manny. he did that and got suspended, it's like we're wearing it with pride because every news station keeps showing it. <laughs> and Baltimore is used to getting some uh, kind of weird negative press about their sports teams, especially the Ravens. But uh, this is actually, I mean, Manny Machado punched him in the face. Right in the face. Oh, For real. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was actually awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? We are, we are live. We are here. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a small break, and we are going to come back with our very special guest. And he is from EWA Pro Wrestling, Big Ugly. I know you know about that. I know about this guy. And, uh... I can't wait to talk to him, man. I He's got some either. great things to say. So uh, we'll be right back. Dirty, ugly wrestling is back. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're, We're just, just fans. fans. That's right. And we have a very special guest here today. He is EWA Pro Wrestling Superstar. Um, he's been around the business of independent professional wrestling for a long time. He's actually on the other side of the country in California this morning. Um, but we're going to call him, and uh, he's going to be up and ready to go. Uh, man, hey, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's do this. This is going to be fun. I know we haven't told you who it is yet, but we will. Yo. 
Whoa, that's the wrong music. Hold on. Wrong music. <laughs> that's the wrong Apollo. We. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> hey, I had to uh, rib you, hey, man. It's been nice talking to you guys. I gotta go. <laughs> man, we we scared him away. It was a it was a harmless rib. You know the pro wrestling business, the yeah. harmless ribs. Man, I tell you yeah. what. So uh, we've been victim of a few, <laughs> <laughs> as have I. Um, this is Apollo Cruz. He is the man who puts the Z in Cruz. He is the Maryland dream. He is the baddest man in Maryland. What else did I miss, Apollo? Man, I'm gonna pay you just to follow me around when I go into stores. I need to say that. You know, when I go into McDonald's, I'd like for you to say that. When I go home to see my mom, I want you to say that. Um, you're, you're, you're one of the, even when you didn't like me, you're one of the best hype men in the business. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And yes, you and I have had our, um, you know, ups and our downs, but, uh, you know, we're going to get into that and, uh, you've always been, you know, really cool to me behind the scenes, Apollo. And, uh, you know, one of the guys that helped me get into this business and, when I, when I, Big Ugly, when I had my first refereeing job several years ago, you know, he was one of the guys that came up and said, hey, man, you know, you ready? You excited? You pumped? And I, I can't tell you how valuable that was. Yeah, that's awesome. We got the Big Ugly here also, Apollo. Hey, what's up, Apollo? What's up, man? Hey, I appreciate you always seem to support me, too. Whenever Mikey D talks about me, you just take it and say, yeah, you know what? You sound like a good dude. Right. And I just, <laughs> just get me pumped up in my car. So I, want to appreciate, I appreciate that. We got you. We're going to give this guy a big head. Um, I tell you what, (laughs) EWA Pro Wrestling Superstar, um, been in the business for a long time, as we had mentioned, Um, and I want to ask you, I want to get this one thing out of the way real quick. Um, Sure. Ray C. Hawkins. Um, Yes. This was, uh, we've been talking about it on our podcast, we've seen it all over, um, you know, EWA Pro Wrestling. At the last show, Faith No More 2, um... You know, I, I didn't understand what was happening, but eventually what happened was T.J. Sykes and his supremacy boys, um, there was a super kick to the face of Racy Hawkins, knocking him out of his wheelchair, a handicapped individual. I just want to get your take on this real quick, because I know what happened was as soon as the kick happened, I came back, run in the back, and uh, everybody just ran out with me. And, uh, you know, just uh, tell me tell me what you feel about that. Man, I'll, to be honest with you, that changed my whole outlook on wrestling, you know, because Storm, Storm and I, we were, we had, you know, we weren't the nicest guys going into that show. Uh, we were cheating. We were having fun, though. We were, you know, antagonizing people, but it was all, I don't know, made us laugh. We hope it was making other people laugh. But when you, when you saw what TJ and Supremacy, Dark Horses, Mr. Jones, when you saw them take Ray out of his wheelchair, roll him into the ring, put him back in the wheelchair, <clears throat> excuse me, Sorry about that. It's a little early here. Um, I know. So, say you're in California, and we said that you're on the other coast. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's nice out here. I'm here for a wedding. But uh, are you getting married? No, no, no. Apollo I, Cruz, time tongue, man. Bite your tongue. <laughs> but uh, and then they put him in that, put him back in his wheelchair, and just antagonized him and taunted him. You know, I had to see it on tape because Storm and I were back there just messing around. And we're like, oh, you know, what's, what's TJ doing? You know, who cares, you know? And then when you came back with that look on your face, I mean, I think my world changed right there, you know, just seeing how you looked and going out there and seeing Ray on the ground, I knew it was time to kind of change my attitude a little bit and uh, and get back to why I first got in this business to begin with, and that's busting heads. Um, 
Uh, Big Ugly, you had said something on the last podcast, I think it was the last podcast, maybe it was two previous, that really struck me. You were wondering how is Supremacy even going to get in the building at the next show? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still wondering. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I will set up a, a, a police barricade. I will roll up the red carpet. I will walk those guys safely to the ring myself if I have to, just so I can give them a Maryland-sanctioned beatdown in front of all those people. So I want them at the next show. I want everyone to see what we do to Supremacy every time we get those guys between the ropes. I love it, I man. like it. <laughs> Check that out. And uh, you're going to have some opportunities, I believe, and this is uh, not not a cheap plug, but, you know, it's a good place to put this in here. We got a free practice session, EWA, uh, coming up at the Pain Factory Training Facility in Dundalk, Maryland. That's Friday, June 17th at 6.30 p.m. There's going to be a free tryout, so anybody who wants to uh, come out and take their hand in the pro wrestling business, all aspects of the pro wrestling business, they can do that. And at 8 p.m., we got a free practice session. The EWA ringside roster going to be in full effect. There's going to be a taping there. Um, you know, and, and Supremacy may try to get into the free practice session, any of them, all of them. And um, also at uh, Summer Sizzler, the big, hot summer event by EWA, Friday, July 29th at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. And as you know, tickets are on sale right now at EWAMaryland.com. Apollo Cruz, are you prepared to yourself and band everybody together to uh, get that wall and uh, provide that Maryland-style beatdown to the supremacy if and when they try to show up at any of these events? Oh, absolutely. I'm really looking towards the Dark Horses, man, because Storm and I said some pretty mean things about them in the past, right? Absolutely. But it turns out we were right about them, but just for the wrong reasons. But it turns out a lot of the things that we said were true, and I I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed in them, man. When I was coming up in the business, I was taught that if you didn't like what somebody was doing, you, you know, you make them stop by your own wrestling ability and by being a man. So if they didn't like what we were doing at the EWA, they should have stopped us, you know, with their own abilities. Instead, they decided to cry about it, you know, attack everybody, attack somebody who couldn't defend themselves, and that's just not the way I was brought up in the wrestling business. Yeah, absolutely. Big Ugly, you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I told you these guys were right about them uh, from the first time we interviewed. I know, Desert man. Storm. I tell you. And Desert Storm, I know that's your boy. Um, you yeah. Know. Oh, yeah, we're bros. <laughs> yeah, that you're bros, and, uh, you know, you guys don't don't share the chapstick now. Um, you know, each of you use your individual chapstick. We each um, have our own. But, yeah, I tell you what, goodbye, horses. I want that played. I want that done for real. Um, horses. Jones, Supremacy, especially TJ. I'm extremely disappointed in him. But uh, I tell you what, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Apollo, we got some kind of off-the-cuff questions for you. Big Ugly uh, did his little research. Uh, Not a little research, a lot of research. Big Big Ugly's a man. All um, right, all right. You know, I know you very well. And uh, we want the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast listeners uh, to know you too. So, Apollo, um it's going to be Big Ugly taking it away. Give it up. Hey, all right, Apollo. So my first question, man, I got for you. I just want to know, who had the name first, man? <laughs> <laughs> I've had this name since 2002. Um, I could go dig back into all my licenses I get from the uh, Maryland State Athletic Commission. They, Ooh, they, they, the license. <laughs> I know, right? They send you a license, but they put the name on it. And I'll tell you what, it did get them a couple tries to spell it right because – 
I'm not going to say anything bad about the commission. They weren't spelling Apollo right. I always had to kind of spell it out for them each time, but they finally got it right. So I've had that. I'll say I had the Apollo Cruise with the Z first. Okay. And uh, he had to spell it out oh. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's how you, we're going to go off on tangents. So he, he's the man. He put the yeah. Z in cruise. Right. Yeah. You know? I, 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 mean, I, just, I just thought it was it was weird because I feel like Apollo Cruise is a unique name. So to have the other Apollo Cruise out there, it's like, how did, like, how do you guys came up with the same name? It's like crazy. So. WWE. <laughs> WWE tends to do a lot of things that we do after the fact that we do them. So I'm pretty convinced we have a mole somewhere. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, it's still, it's a great name, and, and it's a lot of fun. Big Ugly? Yeah, man. What so, you got? After uh, Faith No More 2, man, what you been up to lately? So just kind of kicking back. Um, I wanted to get back more into to training and, and helping people train a little bit because I realized I kind of got away from that for a little bit. I want to get myself back in top shape because I know it's going to be, a, uh, you know, a battle coming up here. So I've been doing a lot of that, focusing on, on fitness and, and getting back into wrestling, um, wrestling mode, really. And that's about it, man. Just just trying to get my life back on track. Yeah. How how'd you get into wrestling? Oh man. So back in 1997, my boys and I we were watching uh, one of the WCW pay per views. Oh yeah. And beginning of the attitude. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know the beginning, beginning of WCW like... like taking over for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that it, was right right in the middle of it. Yeah, because NWO hit in what, 96 or 97? I think it was about, it was about 96. Yeah. yeah. I, from 96 to 98, WCW was in charge, but, you know, didn't last too long. So you were watching the WCW pay-per-view? Watching that. At the very end of it, there was a, a ad for a local wrestling school. And my buddies and I were like, you know, we should just we should do this. We should try it out. And we were just messing around. We went for a tryout, but that was it. We didn't tend to go any further. Um but then two years later, a wrestling school actually opened up in my hometown. It was ran by a guy named Otto Stark, and he was a great trainer. Um, and we went, we showed up there, and, and he just he seemed like the, the right guy to learn from. And me and my buddy, uh, Buster McAbee, who was in the EWA for a while, as um, we, were, we were a tag team EWA for a long time, we started training with him, and then we just fell in love with it. Yeah, it was just we happened to see an ad on, on TV after uh, one of the pay-per-views. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's what's up. So, like, you didn't always know you wanted to be a wrestler. You just kind of got into it after after watching it during that era? Well, no. I remember the first match I ever saw, I was five years old, and I was my dad said, hey, Kenny, oh, you know, that, that was my name. He said, come <laughs> in here and, and watch the, uh, um, and see the Hulk. He's on TV. I'm expecting to see a big green monster breaking buildings down <laughs> the rock, right? I'm like, oh, he's incredible Hulk. I run in, and there's this blonde guy with long hair. You know, he's, he's, a, he's the only bald guy with long hair in the ring. Yellow trunks, uh, beating up on Cowboy Bob Orton. And I'm like, what? What is this? You know, you took me away from my peanut butter and jelly sandwich for this? <laughs> but then, you know what? I sat down, and I just watched. And from that day on, I, I watched it every time it was on TV. I just thought it was amazing just seeing what those guys could do in the ring and, and just larger-than-life personalities, you know? And that's very interesting that you bring that up because as far as, far as a larger-than-life personality and on the independent wrestling circuit, um, you know, when I started working with you specifically, I hadn't known you very much. I hadn't seen your work very much. But then I actually got to get out there and referee a match that you were in. Actually, it was a four-way match for the EWA championship. And, oh, yeah. um, 
that was like my well, my first show and my first main event, my first title match um, for the EWA championship. And I just noticed that your personality just exploded. Like, I mean, everything, like if I was sitting way in the back row somewhere, um, I could see the expression on your face. I would know what you're doing, what you're feeling. I always just thought you had a just a knack for this business like it just comes so naturally to you i'm not trying to put you over i mean i am but uh you know i'm just saying it's some people it comes so naturally and ever since then any no matter what you've been involved in i mean i've just always seen like the passion come out of you like you can tell you really love what you do in this business and that you're a fan of the business in general so uh that comes out i just want you to know that that shows i i appreciate that man and you know i I know I'm not the biggest guy out there. I know I'm not, you know, when I walk to, to the ring, I'm sure no one's really thinking much of me or anything, but, so I know I've got to get that personally out there, but it's not hard because it's so much fun. Even when I'm getting my ass stomped in the ring, I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? Just being out there and, and, and doing what I love and, and really fulfilling a childhood dream. So I'm just having the best time. And, and I've had injuries where I haven't been able to wrestle for a, a while, a long time. Um, and I missed it, and I, I just kind of keep that in the back of my head. Hey, this could be this could be over in a second. You know what I mean? Like it could be it. I could never wrestle again just after one one move. So I just try to go out there and have a good time. Speaking of having a good time, can you describe what it felt like the first time you took a bump? <laughs> man, <laughs> <laughs> we love this question. Oh man, I, I took a back bump. I don't. I didn't breathe for about. 15, 20 seconds. Um, it felt like my whole world had been shattered. It's just, it's almost indescribable. When you see someone maybe go through a table and you think, man, how the hell did that feel going through that table? Multiply that by 100. And that's how I felt the first time I took a bump in the ring. You know, it was just, ah. Uh, if, if, you, if you don't love the business, you'll quit right after that first bump. <laughs> you will stop. You will absolutely stop. So, do you ever get used to it? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I think I'm about to get used to it, um, you know, somebody like Grizzly O picks me up and slams me down. I'm like, oh. And then for a brief minute, you're like, why, the, why am I doing this? You know? But then you're like, oh, uh, you know, I know why. I love it, man. You just got to be, something's got to be wrong in the head. So the, the more headshots you take, the better. I <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Grizzly O is a stiff, uh, well, I'm not going to use foul language, but, you know, he, he's just... He's very snug with what he does. Yep. He's, he's and, also very passionate. Yeah, well, I mean, he is. And I, and I tell you, <laughs> he he and, and uh, you know, his partner Tomahawk, and, you know, they've kind of gone the wrong way as far as, you know, personal business. You know what I'm saying? You know, we talked about yeah. this earlier. But, uh, you know, they, they have a passion for what they do for sure. And um, I tell you, I, I had a lot, of, a lot of respect for them, a lot of up and coming, you know, oh, these guys are going to be great. And then. You know, they turned me personally. I, I don't like them, but I tell you what, they're that they're going to be around for a while. So, you know, kick, kick them in the head. You know, Apollo. Yep. You know, oh, I, oh, with, with passion. You know, oh, I plan to. Absolutely. And you know what? Going back to that bump, I think everybody should go ahead and take a bump so they know what it is the guys are going through in the ring. And with that free practice session, you can come out and try out, hit the ropes a little bit. Oh, I'll tell you, hitting the ropes hurt the first time. Yeah, and you know what? I, mean, I, I just heard somebody say that, and I actually thought the ropes were, like, pretty springy and comfortable. I didn't uh, know that. No. no. It's just all it is is some tape wrapped around some steel cables. So when you're hitting that, you're hitting a steel cable, and I went home after the first 
time I was in, you know, um, my first training session, I went home and I just had this marks all along my back. It looked like somebody had been hitting me with a Singapore cane. Those are some of the damn ropes. <laughs> and that's something you can never get used to as well. I mean, you can get proficient at doing it. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, I've, I've gone in there, I've taken the training. You know, I'm licensed and everything as well. I'm not a competitor like these guys, but um, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. And those ropes, they're not ropes. They're they're steel cables. Yeah, absolutely. So does it make a difference if the ropes are tighter or looser? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I prefer tighter ropes just because I can, I can um, I hit them. I feel more secure when I hit them. When I climb to the top of the rope, I, I feel more secure. I guess some people might like the looser ropes, but I prefer a much tighter rope. Right. In, in the so you as Apollo Crews, who would you say was the biggest influence for you uh, in wrestling as far as, like, being Apollo Crews? Mr. Perfect. When I am, when I am being, being a heel and doing heel stuff, I just think of Mr. Perfect because, man, when I, when I was watching him, I would get so mad at the things that he would do, but so happy watching him at the same time. You know, so I took a lot of my... Uh, mannerisms and a lot of the, the things I do while I'm a hero from Mr. Perfect. That guy can do Yeah, that's great. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. He's one of my favorites, man. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so I, I have a question. Like, you're, you're an indie performer. And so I guess my question is, you know, do people just like being on indie promotions and, like, you know, they're satisfied doing that type of gig? For me, personally, I just love being an indie wrestler in the Mid-Atlantic region. You know, I didn't have any, any. well, I mean, obviously I would love to be in the WWE, but my, that wasn't really my goal. My goal is just to stay um, in the indies around where I live, um, go up the coast a little bit, maybe down, maybe go in over to West Virginia a couple of times, but... I just have so much fun with my friends, you know, and uh, I, I just have fun going back there, fun noticing the same crowd every time, and, and, and for me, I never wanted to go any higher. Um, I, I just love being where I'm at. I would say most people, absolutely, I think most people's dreams would be to go to like a TNA or a Ring of Honor, and maybe even the WWE. I think a lot of people love to go to NXT now, you know? Um, I think that that's one of the, the bigger dreams now, just make the NXT because those shows are so amazing. Um, or just make it over to Japan. That would be unbelievable to, to go wrestle in Japan and see what it's like over there. So I, I think maybe most people start their goal out with just something smaller, like maybe doing some international wrestling and, and getting into a, a, one of the, the mid-level promotions. Uh, are you, yeah. Are you, are you watching TNA these days? I, I don't watch TNA. Um, I actually don't even know how to watch it. I don't know what station is going for. <laughs> I think we it's even said that yeah. wrong last time. Yeah, it's, I, it's on, it's the, on Pop not TV. A, Pop TV now. Pop TV. It's, that's not a knock against them because it's hard running a promotion. You know, if you're not WWE, it's hard getting out there and getting TV deals. Um, I, I always liked TNA. I liked what they did. Uh, it was definitely a good alternative, but I, I just right now I'm not watching it. Yeah, I had that same conversation with somebody about, you know, distribution and things like that, talking about Ring of Honor, how, you know, in some, you know, because it's owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, you know, there's a lot of Sinclair stuff, but it doesn't get, it doesn't reach out there too far. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, TNA doesn't reach out there too far. Uh, Lucha Underground on um, El Rey right. Network, 
awesome product. Love it. Um, that the backstage stuff and and the storylines and everything yeah. are just phenomenal. phenomenal. Like, ah, phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's reach and it's distribution. But I I like and that's another thing about Apollo Cruz. You know, he's kind of stuck to his gun, stuck local. Um, as far as local, you know, Mid Atlantic Independent, have you? competed anywhere else other than EWA because I know you've been in EWA for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I started up in um the AAWF, All American Wrestling Federation. That was up in Westminster and um uh, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then while I was in EWA I was also wrestling up in um Hanover. A new company came in, Groundbreaking Wrestling, G B W. G B W. and I was on their first show as well. So I was on the first EWA show, first GW show. And um, those were like my two home home fets, man. I, I love I love going to those. And uh, it was just they took up a lot of my time, um, and I just didn't really want to go anywhere else. I, I've been over to uh, uh, Rambo's Fed once or twice out in West Virginia, um, and there was a couple other startup ones that aren't around anymore that I was I was working. But it was mostly EWA and GBW. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, to capitalize on that real quick, who is your favorite opponent? of all time. I know you faced a lot of people, but uh, who was your favorite opponent, favorite match? Favorite opponent of all time. Can, that's like asking who my favorite parent is, man, because there's been so many, you know, good opponents that that are good for different reasons. Right. So maybe can I break that up into a couple of different categories? Sure. All right. I think my favorite tag team I ever worked with Buster McAvee was the New Jersey Independent All-Stars that was dancing Danny Rage and J.C. Ryder. Okay. And, and those guys were so much fun to wrestle. I mean, and, and they, I, we would dance to their entrance music. They would come out to Bon Jovi, um, <laughs> you know, and we would just start dancing with them and then get into the match from, from there. So that was my favorite tag team I ever, ever worked. We had really good chemistry with those guys. Uh, as a singles wrestler, I really enjoyed working um let's see god dang there's so many it's a tough one um steve carino was a lot of fun for me because you know i i watched him in ecw when i was growing up and he taught me a lot so that was probably the best big name i've ever got to work with steve carino that was that was great and and carino was fantastic too he was a, a world of information really nice guy down to earth um a lot of experience behind him and yeah that that was very good i enjoyed that one a lot Oh, he's he's amazing. Uh, let's see. I always loved working Jim Christian too. And oh, man. Uh, he's gonna hear this podcast and he's gonna be like, I'm gonna get him. You know, <laughs> tell tell me more about that. Let me tell you why I like working Jim. Jim is old school, right? So Jim is old. Doing, he, oh, no, old no, no, I didn't I'm say sorry. that. He, <laughs> listen, listen, he still signs the checks. But no, I didn't. I I'm didn't trying say to start that. trouble. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Jim's old school. So you're you'll be in the middle of the match. All of a sudden, you'll get a thumb to the eye, you know, or you'll get your back raked, and, and you just won't know where it's coming from. And I like that kind of spontaneity in a match. And I learned a lot of my heel strokes from Jim as well. So I got to learn a lot from him. Um, but he's also tough. Like he's not going to pull any punches in that ring. He's he's he learned you know he learned the hard way. And uh, I always knew it was going to be a battle working Jim, not just because of his ability in the ring, but because of his experience. Absolutely, and Jim Christian, for those of you who do not know, um, he is the owner and founder of EWA Pro Wrestling, uh, still to this day. So he's a big reason why um, we get to do what we do. 
um, in the EWA Pro Wrestling. So that's pretty cool. Uh, he sustained uh, a pretty devastating injury um, a while back, you know, within the last year or two. Uh, year or two. Um, he was actually at, at one of these um, the birthday parties that we put on, uh, putting on matches for people, and it was just a random accident out of nowhere. But, I mean, he basically gave his body for this business. Um, he, you know, he's still doing well. You know, he's still uh, up and around, you know, m making people laugh, making people, you know, ticked off. But, uh, you know, that's what he does. And, uh, you know, he's got to be, he's got to have a thick skin. He's the promoter of a professional wrestling company. So uh, he's, he's a good dude. And um, there's a lot of back and forth about him. Of course, there's controversy. If you're going to be in the limelight, if you're going to be doing this in the business for so long, there's going to be controversy. But he's a good dude. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. And like you look, man, he and my partner Buster pulled the best rib on me that I've ever seen. It was better than uh, the Apollo Crews music playing at the beginning. It was. It, it was. That one was just mean. But you got <laughs> that, that was I'm hurtful. Sorry. Um, Tell you me know, about what it. he did was more more funny. Uh, it was for a show, and uh, we were getting like so, you know the concessions ready because uh, Jim was running the concessions at the time, and he had a bunch of stuff at his house. And he said, hey, Apollo, can you go back to my house and bring back all those sofas? And he sent his daughter with me because I didn't know how to get to his house. So we went, we went, we picked up the sodas, we came back. It was only about 20 minutes we were gone, right? And I get out of the car, and there's this look on Jim's face. And if you know Jim Christian, he doesn't cuss at all. No. Ever. He, and if you cuss, he kind of looks at you sideways like, you know, why do you got to say that? He says... What the f were you doing? And I said, "What? He said, what the f were you doing with my daughter? People are telling me that you gave her alcohol and you were smoking cigarettes with her, and that's why you want to go off with her to go get the sodas." And I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Right? <laughs> the locker room stops. There's not a sound. They're staring. They're like, "What the hell is going on?" And he's going off on me, and he's like, "Get the f out of here! You are no longer on my shows." And my partner's like, just go, man, just go. I don't know what's wrong. Just go. Get out of here. His daughter goes, Dad, and he goes, I'll deal with you later. And she runs off. She leaves me here by myself. Right? I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he turns around, he walks away, and then he goes, you know what? One more thing. I love you, man. And he hugs me, and the whole locker room just kind of sighs and, and in relief. But it was like, what the heck just happened? You know, this man never touches. was accusing me of doing things with his underage daughter. And I was like, what the hell? And, um... <laughs> Later on, there's a wrestler, uh, Derek Frazier, <laughs> and I saw Derek Frazier. He was the closest to us. And I said, Derek, why didn't you try to help me one bit? He said, dude, it sounded like you deserved it. Big <laughs> 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 well, you about. see what we deal with yeah. in, this, in this business. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> business, isn't it? Uh, I got, and I'm going to uh, tell a small story right here. Speaking of ribs, um, and this happened on my first show, actually, Apollo. You might know about this. You might not. You might not admit it. But, um, you know, everybody. I know nothing. I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, so, everybody's got their car parked outside. I got, you know, my bag's in the back. I, sh I should have known better. Um, I went out to referee some matches. Somebody went into my bag, got my keys, went out to my car, and moved my car almost to the other end of, like, the entire complex that we were in. And uh, then left a broken glass bottle in the parking spot to make it look like the window was shattered. And you're laughing over there. Apollo, I think you know something about this. But uh, actually, I kind of know who did it. But um, 
What's funny was I went outside at intermission and I saw that my car wasn't there. I saw that there was glass. Now, apparent what they're wanting to do is they want me to freak out. People want me to you know be freaking out, calling the cops, things like that, getting upset. Um, and this is the middle of the show. I find this out. Well, I went to my bag. I got my keys, which were in a different place than I had them initially. Which uh, I was like, okay, my keys. That's a mistake. Been, my keys have been moved. <laughs> um, so that kind of tipped me off. At first, I'm thinking to myself. I'm learning about this business. I'm getting into this business. I know there's ribs. Um, I'm thinking this is a rib. I'm not freaking out yet. So I quietly just take my keys, and it's got the panic button on the keys. So I'm going around the parking lot pressing it. I'm like, okay, what what happened? Like, I'm thinking somebody moved my car. I didn't think somebody, because my keys were still there, so somebody wasn't still in my car. Um, so I'm walking all the way across the complex. I finally, it's parked way on the other end of the complex. And uh, so I get back in my car, I move it back to the spot, and park it, and go back in. Then, as the show is ending, there are people following me outside, thinking that I'm going to look at the empty spot. My car is there. I go to my car, put my bag in, come back in, help break down, and there's people asking me, Mike, how you doing? What's going on? And, like, because they're spellbound, because they don't, they didn't realize that how did, that what, we, we moved his car, what happened? But here's the thing. The, some of the guys that were pulling this prank, from what I understand, were actually waiting for me on the other side of the complex to, for me to go out and look for my car. But they went out and they saw that my car was not where they put it. So they started freaking out. Mikey D's car. Where? What What the hell? Somebody actually stole his car. What? And so apparently I flipped the rib without even knowing about it. And then somebody uh, from the locker room approached me and said, how did you do that? Like, I, I like I, this was just my natural progression of things. I was so intense, like, getting into the show and so excited to be on a pro wrestling show. Um, and then I, I got my handshake by somebody in the locker room said, that was the rib of all ribs because you turned it around, and now nobody's ever going to mess with you again. So people are hearing this podcast, and the EWA Pro Wrestling is going to hear this podcast, and now I'm going to get messed with. But I'm going <laughs> to tell you. That's the most successful first show anybody could have ever had. It was, man. <laughs> and I say, that's like, amazing. I love that. You helped bring me into that, you know, and, and made me feel so welcome, and I appreciate it. Big Ugly, you see that? Uh, this is yeah. what we got to do. That's with. hilarious. But, you know, and some of these people that may have been a part of that may be listening to this podcast, but I keep my keys on me. I keep everything on me. So uh, it's going to happen anyway. So I'm probably just set myself up for it. There was another one that was actually done on me in another organization. Um, that my, my bag, you know, my suitcase or whatever that I brought in uh, with all my referee stuff. After I had changed in my referee stuff, there was this industrial strength uh, shrink wrap that was wrapped around my entire suitcase. And the only thing that was left up was like the handle so I could carry yeah. it. And um, I didn't open it up. Or I didn't care. I just carried it out to my car and threw it in my trunk. Because, I mean, I, you know, I was already dressed. I had pants on. It's fine. So. Yeah, that's that's one of the classic ones. That that's that one, you know, getting a little old. They they people need to think of something else other than than uh, taping up the the suitcase. Yeah, stealing my car was pretty good. Um, so, uh, but I, apparently I flipped it without even knowing about it. But you know, we we're getting into stories here. Hey, uh, Apollo. Um, yeah. We again, we appreciate your time here on the other side of the country. Um, we're gonna get into talking about um, NXT Takeover, the end, and also Money in the Bank. You got a few more minutes to hang out to talk pro wrestling with us. You know, I actually got to, I got to run. Ah! Um, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, 
I'm a little long-winded, so I talked a little longer than I thought I would. I apologize for that. That's okay. But That's what we're here for. I do. I have some closing thoughts. Oh, please. One, Mikey D, you're one of the best referees I've ever had work a match. Well, thank um, you. you. Like the best thing about a referee is when you don't know they're there when you're working that match, you know, and and that's how you were. But when you were there when you needed to be, and that was right from the very beginning. But you are the voice of Maryland now. <laughs> Your ring announcing is amazing, and I get back. I'm behind the curtain getting pumped up listening to you like announce the show and getting people ready for the show. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you, sir. I want to thank both of you guys for this podcast because – Man, I cannot wait for the new ones to come out. I download them, and I listen to them all the way to work. I listen to them all the way back. Um, I sit in my car, if I'm not done listening to it, so I can still listen to uh, you know what, what the topic is. So I want to thank you for this podcast. Well, thank you, bro. Um, I want to share. We're not right. <laughs> we're not wrong. We're just fans. Oh, I want I that shirt. It. It's catching on. <laughs> I want that shirt. But I will say, anybody that boos John Cena is wrong, and they need to stop. All right? That man <laughs> is amazing. So, I tell you, we're gonna we're gonna have you on again, and we're gonna talk pro wrestling, and uh, you know, because I, I know you're a fan, and it would be great. Apollo, real quick, real quick, your thoughts on Roman Reigns, real quick. I, I like Roman Reigns too, man. Um, I think he he needs a little work on the mic, but I get into his matches, you know, and, and I watch them, and, and they're hard hitting. Um, he's athletic, and he's got the look. I, I I'm a little confused at how turned on him um but uh, i like everything also <laughs> that that might be one of my biggest flaws so I, just like <laughs> so I just get upset when i hear people boo him when i think he's, he's just doing what he loves and and i, I think he does it well what are you about what, what about you guys Big ugly. I, well here's the thing i am i am i like roman reigns uh in ring work but i'm not a big roman reigns fan as an entertainer I, I agree with you like i think he needs work on the mic i think that I think that because the crowd boos him and they're trying to, like, book him as a face, it just kind of takes out of, like, the energy of, like, what he's supposed to be doing, and he just needs to turn heel. I feel like he'll function better yeah. as a heel. Um, but, like, what, what he's being booked at, and I don't know if this is entirely his fault, it's just not working, and it just makes it uninteresting when, for me, when he comes out and tries to be someone that you can just really see he's not. You got to say, though, those so last two out. matches that he's had with AJ Styles, I mean – They've been right. They've been fantastic. His, I mean, his in ring work is great. I, I would I wouldn't take that away from him. Yeah, and it's it's just hard, you know, as far as following the, the character. You know, he's even come out and said it. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just the guy. I'm telling the you, guy. he stole that from us too, because yeah. we're not right. We're not right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, I'm just saying, yeah. And we'll get you a t-shirt. We got t-shirts coming out. Spark Four Productions is uh, helping us out with that. I think uh, oh, cool. with Very nice. that. So that's pretty cool. But um. Yeah, so I I like Roman Reigns. I'm not overly intrigued when he gets on a microphone, but I think what happened when um, they came out, him and Seth Rollins on uh, Monday Night Raw, and there was really no words spoken. It was just what was it? Seth Rollins coming to and going back, coming to going back, yeah. teasing, teasing, yep. teasing. It lasted like seven or eight minutes, yeah. and I was so intrigued the seven or eight minutes because Roman wasn't talking and Seth Rollins was carrying the promo, yeah. and nobody said a word pretty much. And I was like, this is great. This is the kind of stuff I need to see. You know, I, I think Roman was a victim of some rushed writing. I think they had to, they got some injuries. They had to quickly write some storylines, and they kind of pushed them into it a little too quickly. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying it's part of the writers or part of Roman, but you know, injuries happen. I just think they, they need to calm down. They need to slow down a little bit. I like think, how I felt. Yeah, they, they pushed him way too far too fast last year, especially with him winning the Royal Rumble. Um, and, you know, now, where he is now, I think uh, if he wasn't pushed so hard so fast, the fans wouldn't be turning on yeah. him. Yeah, and like I, think, I think one of the main reasons the fans turn on him is, I, I think it was during that time that he was being pushed, it was the Daniel Bryan era. People just wanted to see Daniel Bryan at the top. Yes. But because of injuries, you know, WWE had to go with somebody else, and so they kind of just pushed Roman Reigns. But I felt like the audience just thought that they were just trying to get Daniel Bryan out the way. And so I, I feel like they just would have turned on anybody at that point that they try to push to be the top guy. It wasn't Brian. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Well, check it out. Apollo, we know you're on the other side of the country. We know you got to go. But uh, I want to thank you very much uh, you know, for me and for the Big Ugly right here yeah, on the thanks, Dirty, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, we're going to get this podcast up and running very shortly so you can hear that new podcast you're, and so you can hear the rest of it now because you're leaving us. Um, but <laughs> yeah, man, I'm sorry. I, I thought I had more time. That's okay. Um, you know, we appreciate it. This has been a great conversation, and we thank you for everything uh, that you do in EWA Pro Wrestling. Uh, I want to thank you for also being a good friend to me. And um, we're going to look forward to seeing you not only at the free practice session on June 17th, but at Summer Sizzler on July 29th, and um, we're going to catch up before then. Yes, sir. Hopefully I can get up to the mansion before then. Oh, yeah, yeah the mansion. Come on over, yeah. come on over yeah. for some cheesesteaks yeah. and uh, some pro wrestling. That's what I'm talking I was, about. I was a little upset that I was going to be you know, away because I was like, man, I get to go to the mansion. But, oh, damn it, I'm going to be away. But I'm, I'm going to find my way there soon. You, you, guys, you, guys, you will. And we do these Believe that. <laughs> we do these podcasts every couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll have special guests uh, inside the mansion. So uh, you got an open invite anytime, brother. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate right. it. Thank you. Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz with the, with the Z. With the Z. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, Ma, go ahead and play that music on my way out. That's you know, you know what? I'm going to go back to it. I want to do that because uh, you're, you're the man, and um, it's, uh, hey, you know what? It's uh, right here. Oh, it's not letting oh. me do it. I think the uh, oh. the iPad is telling me. This is not right because uh, can I can I say one more thing? You can say whatever you want, brother. All right. I think Apollo Cruz in WWE. I think he's amazing. I think he's uh, he's a amazing wrestler. He seems like a generally nice dude. So I have to think of it as he's just going to carry on the name as I get a little bit older. He's going to carry on the, the name of Apollo <laughs> Cruz. So I appreciate Apollo Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> the next again. generation <laughs> of Apollo Crews. And this is EWA Wrestling Apollo Crews. Hey, he, we, we, we look alike, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought you That's guys might have been related. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're like the Dudley Boys, you know? Yeah. You know, he was standing up uh, uh, against Sheamus, I think, on one of these shows this week, SmackDown or Raw. I can't remember which one. But I couldn't real, I did not realize how short Apollo Crews in the WWE was. Dude, well, he's he's yeah, he's Jack, he's, he's big, Jack, but he's short. Sure, yeah, but he's a little guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean Sheamus is not. I mean he's a big dude, but he's like six three, six four maybe. I mean Apollo Cruz is like five ten. Like I, you might be taller than Apollo Cruz. Apollo. I was gonna say it's another thing we have in common then. <laughs> well, hey, so, thanks, hey, thanks he got, a lot, man. He stole his name from me. I stole my name from Apollo Creed. That's my favorite movie character of all time. So. Oh, classic. Apollo Creed. We could talk Rocky yeah, all day all long, day. let me tell you what. Absolutely. So, you saw the new movie, right. Creed? You saw that? Oh, I love it. I love oh, it. Man, great movie. I love it. Fantastic uh, that, movie. That was amazing. The next movie. one that needs to come out is Drago. 
Oh. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I need to Drago. Damn or right. Clubber. Come on. Clubber. <laughs> Thunderlips. Or Rocky's first opponent in the movie Spider Rico. Remember him? Spider Rico. Yeah, he was in Rocky Balboa and also um I don't I don't know if he made an appearance in Creed, but he was in Rocky Balboa. He was the guy that always ate at Rocky's restaurant and he was doing dishes oh, and talking about right. Yeah. Talking about like doing this, I know. The Lord wants me to work. Let me do something. You got lucky yeah. last time. I'll knock you out. <laughs> That's right. Man, we talk oh, about man. everything on the Dirty Ugly yeah, Wrestling really Podcast. Do. Apollo uh, Crews. I, I forgot we were on a podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> having a conversation. Hey man, have a good time in California. We look forward to having you back on this side. And uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys for inviting me on. I'll be back. All right, All right man. Take care. All right. Have a good one. You Bye. too. Bye. That was a great conversation. That was a great conversation. We thank Apollo Cruz for uh, calling in. Oh wait, we kind of called him. We we called him because yeah. he was on the other side of the yeah, country. Exactly. But so. uh, you know, we want to thank him for great. taking the time yeah. out this morning. And uh, we're gonna get to talking about NXT Takeover, Money in the Bank, uh, doing what we do here on the podcast. Uh, so we're gonna take a little break, and we'll be right back. Little yeah. pause yeah. for the cause. Yeah, a little pause for the cause. <laughs> Pay these gimmicks they call bills. Swig of water for the working man. <laughs> we'll be right back. Sue us if you dare, Austin. Angels calling my name. It might be the devil, but they all sound the same. And all her moves won't let you get away. She's gonna make your mind. We're back. We are back. You listen to a dirty, ugly wrestling podcast right now. Um, my name start- is Dirty Mike. Oh, I'm and sorry. this is the big ugly. Yeah, that's all right. No, no, we I didn't tell introduce you about myself. That. Yeah, tell us who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I was just right. going to say you just finished listening to our uh, interview with Apollo Cruz, which was great. And with now, a Z, with Apollo, a Z, yep. the real Apollo Cruz, EWA Pro yeah. Wrestling Apollo Cruz. So um, now we're going to get into some some wrestling talk, man. Um, first thing I want to ask you: I just recently read JTG's book. Why the Why the hell did I write this damn book? Absolutely. Um, th- did you read that? Uh, I'm, I got it on my list to read. Okay. I haven't read it yet, but I, I want to hear your thoughts yeah. about it. So I did the audio book because I, I'm at work a lot. So I just kind of listened to it while I'm, while I'm working and, uh, it was really good. I mean, it really gave you, especially somebody like me, that's not in the business, some real insight into what happens with the heat. That was what the book was mainly about was about the heat you can incur. Sure. And boy, did they, I mean, the stories that he tell on there, like just the little things that they got heat from was like crazy. I was like, man, it's like. Do people actually get upset about these kind of things? Like, you know, he just talks about some of the un the unwritten rules in the locker room, like having to shake everybody's hand. Right, right, right. In. And like Brian Gertz, I don't know if you heard an interview with him recently, but he talked about that too, how he had to get used to that. Um, and how and I, I was like, man, I wonder, I, I probably would fall into that same situation. It's like, if I say what's up to you, uh, but I don't shake your hand, like you're, you're going to be angry, you know? <laughs> I'm a nice person, like. You know, so he talked about that. You know, he just talked about all these different things. How um, I'm not going to give a lot away in case people want to read it. But, you know, he just talked about how he had, like, certain merchandise that was coming out. But because he had heat with a certain superstar, they nixed it from happening. Wow. And pretty much told him that they were going <laughs> to nix it from happening. So, you know, it's like, that is, it's crazy. But um, that was a good read. So I just kind of sidebar for that. So, yeah, you should you should read that. Thank you that for sharing good. that yeah. with uh, the listeners here, Dirty yeah. Ugly Wrestling Podcast. That's what we want to know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we want you to, you know, email us and put comments on our Facebook page. Things like that, you know, things in a pro wrestling business. What should we be looking for? You know, DVD. Books, um, VHS. 
VHS tapes from, you know, eons yeah. ago. <laughs> um, you know, me personally this week, on a little offshoot comment, I was watching the movie The Wrestler uh, with Mickey Rourke, and uh, that is an interesting look into the world of independent professional wrestling and also from, you know, wrestlers who were big back in the 80s or 90s, just big, you know, back then and now on the independent scene, kind of on the twilight of their career coming down. And um, it's... It's pretty true to form. I mean, there's, of course, some things that did, were glitzed and glammed up because it's a movie. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's a really, really good movie. Um, so I think it's uh, it's a good watch, and I can pretty much watch it anytime. And Mickey Rourke was just act- excellent in that movie. I mean, he was good. Uh, it was really a fun movie to watch. So um, I'm getting a message now. Uh, actually, from Apollo Cruz, real quick, uh, EWA Wrestling Pro Wrestling Apollo Cruz. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Apollo two three one, and also uh, if you check out Facebook EWA Pro Wrestling um, or EWA Ringside, you can also see Apollo Cruz. So, just wanted yeah, to throw that sure out follow. there. Yeah. Follow this man. All right, let's talk about NXT Takeover: The End of the Beginning. The name kept getting bigger as the night went on. Right. Um, so, first question, because I, I asked it in we the beginning. We were talking about it yes, earlier. we were talking about it in the beginning. So, explain to me what this new era of uh, NXT is. Because I get the new era of the main roster, in which is bringing a bunch of NXT guys up. Um, but what is this new era, or do you think it of NXT? So, I'm looking. Uh, I've got my own opinions about this. I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. And um, I tell you, it is uh, what I was mentioning earlier, and I think this is kind of true. The new era. So NXT's kind of been rolling with a lot of the similar people for the last couple years. Now, they had a lot of call-ups right after WrestleMania, um, which was good. Apollo Crews, uh, WWE being one of them, Baron Corbin, Vaude Villains, which I know I like. I know you don't. Um, But... uh, and they're, you know, expecting Bailey to come up soon, expecting Samoa Joe or Finn Balor or both of them to come up soon. So what they're trying to do is, and we were talking about this on another podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, like who's going to come in and take that main event spot? Uh, yes, from, we were talking about that. And I think uh, a lot of this show was kind of showing who's going to do that. We talked about the Austin Aries. We talked about Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, we talked about Asuka, uh, you know, and I think – And we talked about also the tag team division, which we're going to get into. Um, uh, I tell you, that was... That match, man. Those guys working together, I could just watch that every night, man. Uh, Amen. Oh, my God. All the little detail points that they put in there. Like, just all the tag team wrestling throwbacks that you just do not see anymore. Um, Corey Graves said it on commentary. He's absolutely right. The revival, reviving tag team wrestling. 100%. 100%. Now, I know we're, we're going to we might as well just talk about this match right now. The Revival, Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder, uh, they actually defeated uh, the American Alpha of Jason Jordan and Chad Gable to once again become uh, NXT Tag Team yeah. Champions. So, let me say that, you know, I, I tend to, like, book the matches a lot, um, thinking who's going to win win or lose. Um, I didn't see that coming. I, I, I really thought American Alpha was going to retain. I didn't see them going down. So, um, I'm interested to see where the story goes. Uh, well, after the match, uh, we did see uh, a couple of the guys, uh, once known as the Hit Squad, uh, a couple of guys come in and start beating American Alpha down. Um, so that's one thing. And we saw one of the greatest managers in the history of professional wrestling, Paul Ellering, come out. That was, where did he come from? Right. 
that's that. So I I don't know who the heck Paul Ellering is, but ah, uh, but slap. I know, I know, I know, I'm a horrible wrestling fan. Anyway, so but the point is, is that uh, I know I heard I know that he was a manager for the Road Warriors. Yes, I just don't think I was watching. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean that was like what late eighties, early nineties. Like yeah, eighties, nineties. Yeah, I I was like way too young back then, so I, I wouldn't you. have really known who he was. But the two guys you said the Hit Squad, uh, where are these guys from? Who are these? Guys? Uh, they're from the indie pro wrestling scene. Okay. Uh, they've been around for uh, quite a while, and uh, I didn't recognize them at first because the the, ca- the way the camera angles um, are shot. It just, it's a big surprise. You know, they're kind of tight on the ring, and then boom, they, these guys jump them. Uh, American Al- jump American Alpha. So, I, again, independent wrestling, if you look them up, you check them out, uh, they got a pretty good reputation. So, yeah. I think they're going to be good. So, you think they're, they're starting a feud with American Alpha seemingly to kind of like get these guys up and going. I think so. American Alpha is such a great team that they can work with just about anybody. Yeah, and they're going to, you know, anybody who gets in the ring with them, it's going to make them look ten times better. Yeah. American Alpha yeah. is just, man, I tell you, the timing on things, like the double teaming and this, this you know, the tags, the blind tags, uh, the spots, the psychology, everything was so point on. I mean, it was great. Yeah. I think that, do, do you think that when these tag teams move up to the main roster, do you think they're going to have an issue giving us the same quality matches now that they don't have, they kind of have vents over them. You know, they may not have the freedoms that they do down at NXT to run the matches the way they want to, that they might get a little too coached and too, you know, micromanaged. It's possible. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm hoping so. We can always, and we talk about that too, you know, when people come up to the main roster, are they going to get changed? Are they going to get, you know, handcuffed a little bit? And I think they can. But I tell you, Kevin Owens is coming up. Uh, you know, been coming up for the past year or so. Yeah. And he's doing great. Right. And, I mean, the, the, the wrestling style of Enzo and Cass and even the Vaughn Villains, I, I, I think they're having the same kind of matches that they used to down at NXT. I, I don't really feel Similar, yeah. Uh, Raw and SmackDown, I think there's, you know, they held back a little bit. But I think on pay-per-views and things like that, um, they're given a little bit more freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I agree. I, I think, I hope they don't get shackled when they come up but i know that they're going to come up and especially for jason jordan who's been in you know the nxt developmental for or you know fcw all that stuff for so long um he's ready and gable's ready too both of them are ready both of them are the ready. Team. yeah so i want to move on to andrade almas and uh versus todd dillinger cn and that, uh, yeah that's, that's what i'm gonna put andrade almas is yeah, CN, cn right which is uh spanish 400 yes um the match itself, I really didn't get much out of. I am a huge Todd Dillinger fan, Me though, too. and I feel like they're not pushing him or maybe utilizing him in the right sense. But this guy is completely over with the audience. Yes. Like, I mean, they're into the whole 10 gimmick, everything. And I think that maybe part of the reason this match might not have worked so well was because it was really supposed to introduce CN and make him into like, you know, a star, but like the fans were so into Ty Dillinger that it's kind of like, he just was overshadowed by that. Maybe Ty Dillinger was not the right person to place him against. Um, but I think they knew that Ty is a great guy that can give, um, that can give, uh, you know, a person, um, a good match. Yeah, he can, Um, you can put it and this is another guy. You can put him in there with almost anybody and it'll be a good match. Like I think Seth, I heard Seth Rollins on a podcast recently say that even when he came back from his injury, they put him with Ty Dillinger yep. to train in the ring. So that just goes to show you how much they think of the guy as far as, like, his in-ring work and, you know, being able to work. That's but. right. Um, I think uh, 
I think you're exactly right. I mean, it was a good way to, to pop off the show because uh, Ty Dillinger is so over, um, and it was such an exciting way to start the show. But as far as introducing CN, um, may not have done exactly what they wanted to do because it was kind of overshadowed by the fact that Ty Dillinger is so over. I hope they allow him to keep getting pushed and pushing himself, and I hope CN uh, gets a chance uh, again. I'm sure he will on NXT television. Uh, he did a good job. Uh, nothing really stood out for me specifically yeah. about and, CN. And this wasn't a long match. I mean, five minutes. Five minutes yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was what it was. It was a good way to start the show. Um, but uh, then, you know, they kicked it into the uh, tag team championship match, which just blew everything out of the water. They actually led off NXT TakeOver Dallas with the NXT uh, tag team championship match. Uh, this time it was second, so it was kind of on the upswing. Um, and then continuing the upswing after the tag team championship match. By the way, uh, um, CN went over Ty Dillinger. Yeah, he beat him. Um, yeah. He beat him. Uh, third match of the live special, Shinsuke Nakamura um, against Austin Aries. A dream match in a lot of scenarios. Both guys been wrestling all over the world for a long, long time. Um, and I think this was the first of many. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura got the win. Yeah. I think this was a good match for Austin Aries. Like, even in defeat, he looked good, I think, because they had a quality match. They did. And they um, had time to tell a story. Right, yeah. So, I, I, it was expected. I, I thought Shinsuke was going to win, but uh, Austin Aries ends up still being a winner coming out of this because they put on such a great performance. Shinsuke's ready to actually go up to the main roster, I think. They'll keep him down there for a while because he's a great draw for NXT. He is. But, um, but yeah, he, he he's more than ready. Both of these guys are more than ready to be on the main roster at any time, but this is like the new era of NXT. I think these two guys are going to lead it um, or be two of the guys that are leading it. Um, and with Samoa Joe for a while because he does have the championship. So, um, But I do see Samoa Joe uh, coming up to the main roster possibly by SummerSlam because they have announced that Brock Lesnar will be at SummerSlam after he competes at UFC yeah. 200. You know, here's the thing. I was shocked to find out that Brock Lesnar, sidebar real quick, and we're going to get back to this. Mm-hmm. I was shocked to see that Brock Lesnar is competing at UFC. But I think it's great win or lose for WWE. Reason being, if Brock Lesnar goes and competes in a UFC, it brings back once again that legitimacy to who Brock Lesnar is. Absolutely. And let's say he loses. They can use that in storyline, you know, people ragging on him for for his loss and that just makes him angry and want to you know and because the thing is Brock Lesnar hasn't competed in UFC since what 2011 yeah it's been a while a couple right. years yeah so like when they brought him in it was all about the legitimacy of Brock Lesnar really mm-hmm. being a uh legit fighter yeah and stuff but it's like after so many years that kind of wears off you know what I'm saying now it's just like listen he's just Brock Lesnar the wrestler now you know what I mean it's like you know, you start to kind of not forget what he's done, but it, it doesn't. It seems a little more relevant. But by bringing him back to UFC and having him compete again, it just goes to show you, like, he is legit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I think it's going to set a fire under him once again uh, when he comes back and competes, whether he wins or loses. So That's a great point. Um, I think it's going to be good for both. It's going to be a shot in the arm for UFC because I know UFC is kind of losing a little bit of their traction. Um, you know, still still pretty popular, still pretty hyped. But, I mean, you know, after seeing Ronda Rousey lose, after seeing um, uh, Conor McGregor lose, it's kind of like they need to put a shot in the arm. Yeah. Of, uh, and I think they're going to do that yeah. with cross-promotion and with UFC here. Um, hey, yeah. Dana White's a smart man. Uh, Dana White is the Vince McMahon of UFC, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So, Yeah, UFC – 
I, I I agree. It's definitely losing. State. I think what what more than anything, it's losing its stars. You know what I mean? It's almost like WWE. It's like you know you have your set amount of like great stars, and right. once those stars start to decline, which happens a lot faster in UFC because of age, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's like they haven't built up anybody. And with Conor McGregor losing, that did not help at all. Um, like you said, when Ronda Rousey losing, that didn't help. The fact that we were supposed to see a great fight between Daniel Cormier and John Jones didn't uh. happen because Cormier got injured. That kind of hurt because now it's like you got to wait at a later point for them to fight, you know. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I was looking forward to that, too. Which uh, Kimbo and Slice also died, too. Just MMA Kim- comment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Crazy. Very recently. But, yeah. All right. Back to NXT. I tell you we're, we're getting sidetracked. We are getting sidetracked. Back but, to NXT. Um, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura over Austin Aries. Fantastic match. Both guys ready to do whatever the company needs them to do. Uh, and Austin Aries... Um, uh, another sidebar, you know, I've been watching him for a long time, TNA, other uh, uh, Ring of Honor, like a lot of promotions. Um, he is just seasoned. Like, I mean, he's up. To, he's a veteran, in my opinion. You know, still very young, but I think he's like, got a lot way to, a long way to go. Let's talk about Asuka. Asuka, the NXT Women's Champion. My girl. Uh, your girl against Nia Jax, uh, a beast of a woman. And uh, it, it goes, goes out saying, uh, Bailey. Actually had a backstage promo where she uh, wished Oscar good luck. Um, Bailey going up to the main roster sometime in the near future. I'm absolutely sure of it, but she is just so like the heart of NXT. It's kind of hard to replace her. You really can't. You don't feel like she's dead in the water right now down there. The, the the thing was that she had the title for a while and then she lost the title and now she's uh, coming. I think she's working off an injury, coming off an injury. Okay. Um. So. I think that's why uh, there hasn't been a lot of Bailey. Okay. Uh, but they'll bring her back, and they'll bring her back full force. They gotta love her. Yeah, I mean, I think it's time for her to go up. I, I think that when you when you take her generation, like we talk about the new beginning, um, her generation was the Charlottes, the Sasha Banks, the Becky Lynches. The four horsewomen. Four horsewomen, right. She is a part of them. Um, I was shocked to see Dana Brooke get, go up to the main roster before Bailey. Before Bailey. You know, um, I personally don't think she's definitely not as ready as Bailey. I can understand why they want to keep Bailey there because she is such a main draw for NXT. Yeah, and Charlotte needed a heater when they got um, when they got Ric Flair, Flair off the of TV. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, oh, I feel you, man. Yeah. Um, but, so, but that, but in the same sense, I don't think that uh, Dana Brooke was going to be Charlotte's heater if Emma didn't get injured. Or do you think they would have put both of them with Charlotte? I might have been had a stable. both of them. Yeah, I think it might have been a stable kind okay. of thing. I don't know if Dana Brooke would have come up as fast. But um, as far as being a heel and being, I guess, you know, have the work ethic and legit ready to go, um, Dana Brooke is there. Now, I don't think she's going to get a lot of traction under her. She's just going to be a heater for Charlotte. So, right. um, so let's talk about, about the match. I, I think that, once again, this is another one where even in defeat, Nia Jax looked good. She dominated for a good portion of the she match. She sure did. And um, you Same know, thing I, she did with Bailey yeah. against her with the title. So. Yeah, she's separating herself uh, from just being the muscle of, like, Eva Marie or just being the Rock's cousin to, you know, being someone that is like, you know what, she's going to be a major, you know, women's star coming she, up. She is. Yeah. Uh, that match, um, just watching Asuka fight up from underneath, um, and eventually Asuka did get the win. But, uh, yeah, Nia Jax dominated that, and she can dominate. Um, she's good on – very decent on the mic, good on backstage promos, um, and she can work. Yeah. She can work. I, you know, she does not get blown up at all. Uh, she's just thick, uh, and she's powerful, and that's good. I think that's they got good. some more uh, matches in them that right. does too. 
Definitely. Is she still doing the muscle thing for Eva Marie, or is that over? I haven't seen it in a while. Okay. Matter of fact, I haven't seen Eva Marie since WrestleMania, so. Oh, what happened to her? I'm not injured? sure. No, I don't know. I mean, maybe she just uh, got got her spot, got her moment, and then now she's uh, training again. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's she's weird. probably still in the performance center like a lot of those people. Right. Um, just honing their craft and getting it done. But uh, Asuka retained the championship. I think we'll see Asuka and Nia Jax again. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the first ever cage match in NXT history for the NXT Championship. Samoa Joe defending against Finn Balor. Now, I know we've seen this match a lot of times. Tell me what you thought about this one. Um, because we've seen it a lot of times, putting a cage around two superstars isn't really a big deal for me. And the reason being, I mean, it's a cage match. It's NXT's first cage match, but for me, it's like, come on, we've been watching cage matches for years. So, right. um... It wasn't as big of a deal. I thought the match was decent. I think they always put on a good match. You know, I, it just wasn't anything special for me where I was like, oh, man, this is the best match of the night. You know, I was like, it was good. Um, it was a Finn Balor match. Always love Finn's entrance. Always. You know, like, that's that's part of the highlight of the night for me when Finn does a takeover is his, his entrances. Um, Notice he was wearing uh, a lot of black on white. Yeah. Not a lot of color. Not a lot of, yeah. like, demon painting on his body. Yeah. You know, the Bullet Club, a.k.a. the club, up on the main roster, they're black, they're, they're black white. They're black and white, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Could yeah. it have been an homage? Which, which was, at one point, the Balor Club, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, it could have be. been, yeah, could have been something prophetic. I yeah. think Finn Balor is ready for the main roster. I think that gimmick, I think, uh, you know, for the big pay-per-views and things like that, the entrance, you know, I think he could do very well up there. And I would love to see um, Finn Balor and, say, Kevin Owens. I would love to see Finn Balor and a lot of those guys that are in the uh, the Money in the Bank match, which we'll get to. But, uh, yeah, Samoa Joe retained the title. I did like, and this was cool at the end, where the crowd was expecting, first Finn Balor hit the first coup de grace, you know, to feed off the top rope and didn't get the pinfall. And then Samoa Joe hit the first muscle buster and did not get the pinfall. So a couple of false finishes, really cool. I also really liked um, how the crowd was chanting for him to go up on the top of the cage to do the coup de gras off yeah. the top of the cage now he let he milked it for a little bit and then eventually as soon as like you saw the camera and his eyes look up at the top of the cage the crowd popped and he went up there and Samoa Joe you know got the heel heat cut him off and then did the muscle buster from the top I think that was a great finish that was great I did I did like that um the match was good. I mean, the match was... The match was good. The match I mean, was yeah. Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, so it's going to be a good match. Yeah. But again, uh, I think the, the finish stood out for me. Everything else was... Uh, we've been watching cage matches for a long time. Like right, you said. yeah. So I think Samoa Joe um, being, uh, winning, right move. Um, I think you keep the title on Joe. Um, I think I think they're grooming Finn for a call-up. Probably like I, around SummerSlam or after SummerSlam. I think so too. I think after SummerSlam, you'll get that new wave of people starting to come back up to the main roster. You know, um, so yeah. Moving uh, on to it was good. Yeah, yeah. Overall, NXT it was Takeover. Good. Yeah, the end of the beginning or whatever you want to call it. It was a good show. It was great. Um, I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. And right now, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to move our way into talking about Money in the Bank. Right, Money in the Bank. On the main roster. So, uh, Money in the Bank. So, I've got some notes here. You know what? I'm like, why am I looking at that? I don't even know. Because I know what's going on. You know what's going on. So, in the match so far, in the Money in the Bank match, we have Dean Ambrose, uh, Jericho, Cesaro, Sammy Owens, and um, Alberto Del Rio. 
Uh, who are you taking coming out of this match? I've been thinking about that, actually. Uh, who am I taking? Uh, you know, I would love to see Kevin Owens uh, do it. It seems like when there is a heel with the Money in the Bank briefcase and they're teasing, cashing it in a lot, I think it makes a lot more sense than if a face is doing it. Um, just because they can be sl- uh, slick and sneaky and, you know, it can make for a lot of good story. And Kevin Owens is fantastic on the mic, on commentary, no matter what he does. So he could just be chilling, you know, coming down doing commentary or walking away from a match and then all of a sudden decide, hey, I want to try to cash it in. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this. This is what I'm thinking about the Ambrose thing. So Ambrose, right, wins the Money Bank. If you notice, they've been doing a lot of shield talk with the whole uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins thing, right? Right. You bring Ambrose into the mix, who is a face, but he's crazy enough to just go ahead and cash it in, even as a face, on somebody that's injured to do the, you know, um, opportunist thing. True. And then you get, like, this three-way triangle of of a storyline between pretty much the shield for the belt. I see that coming anyway. Whichever, whether the money in the bank is involved or not, I see that three-way coming. Maybe even at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, just to have the shield exploding, uh, all three of them, that would be great. Right. So I do I do like your uh, take on that though, Dean Ambrose. That could be very interesting just because of how crazy he is. Right. My um, my other option would have been uh, Kevin Owens, but I just don't think they're ready to put Owens in the title picture yet. Yeah. Um. I think they're I think they're they're fine with just keeping him at that intercontinental, you know, upper mid card level right now, which is which is okay. He's a good hand. He's a good worker. Uh, you know, you can guarantee that he's going to put on some quality matches yeah. in that segment of the card. Right, and he brings legitimacy, I think, to Intercontinental because he he like it's like coveted by him. You know, he's like it's my title. You know, so it's like it's like he wants it. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ambrose on Money in the Bank. Okay, uh, I would be happy with either one of them winning. Um, Jericho has never won his own creation. I mean, he created the Money in the Bank ladder match. He talks about that. I don't think Jericho, that doesn't make sense. Um, even though he is a heel and that could work, um, but that doesn't, you know, you got to push the newer guys. You know, you got to give them some uh, give, give them some traction. I'm glad Alberto Del Rio is in this match too because he's extremely talented, and I think that would work out. Oh, man, speaking of that, so in the match with, I want to jump back to NXT for a second. In the match with CN and Ty Dillinger, Ty Dillinger was, like, doing some kind of handstand on the corner, yeah. and CN super kicked him in the face. Like, oh, my Lord. It was phenomenal. So, I know Alberto Del Rio does that kick to the yeah. face and everything like that. And so it, it looks good every time. Looks <laughs> good. Sounds good. Oh, man. But anyway, uh, moving on. So, of course, we have uh, Roman Reigns uh, defending the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Seth Rollins, who never lost the belt. Um, so, this will be his first big match back since the injury. Um, I think that's good. I think it. there's no other logical place for Rollins to go except right back in the title picture. I don't think he needs to earn his spot again. I think he's already got it. No way. That would be such a wrong move. They try to make him earn his spot. Um, he, he needs to go back in at the at the title picture. I think that was a mistake they made with Daniel Bryan when he came back from the first injury. Yeah. And they kind of put him at the intercontinental level they at that sure point. Did. It was like, no, Daniel Bryan should have been back up at the top. He never really lost about He had to give it up. Um, so, anyway, getting back to Rollins. Um, Rollins, I think, is going to take the L on this one. But uh, it's going to have to be shenanigans. I don't think Rollins loses clean. No. Because then gets, it would take all the steam out of the feud. Right. Either gets disqualified or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here, but. I think, it, I mean, Ambrose could get involved here as well. But I think it's going to be a good match. 
Yeah. Uh, just like the Money in the Bank match, I think it's going to be a good match. Um, and going to enjoy watching it and excited to see what's going to happen at the end, especially since WWE is taking their liberties to throw in these different things like referee getting knocked out or referee being, um, you know, uh, a part of the plot, you know, things like that. They're working back in these storylines that were working in the Attitude Era, so I'm okay with that. Uh, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship match. We got the New Day. We got my boys, the Vaude Villains. We got Enzo and Cass, which I'm glad to see them back up and wrestling uh, actually together again. And also the club, Gallows and Anderson. Um, is this... Is this an elimination or is this... Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I don't, a first I don't, pinfall win. I don't think they've said elimination. I know they said fatal four-way, so I'm, I'm assuming first pinfall or submission. Is this too much, too fast? Is this is this trying to get too many guys in the picture or too many guys on the card? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like... Why aren't these guys just having separate feuds? Like, what? I guess what I'm trying to say is, why isn't it that a tag team, like one of these, these are four tag teams, like why can't one of them just be feuding with the other and just having a feud? Like, why are why all of them have to be pulling in for the for the championships right at this moment? I, I think it's too soon. Most of these guys just got up here on the main roster, right? Um, actually. All, all of them, them except, all of them, the except new for day. A new day, exactly. So they're all brand new. Um, I, yeah, I think I think it's just too serious. Like for example, they brought in the Bullet Club attacking the New Day. Perfect. Bullet Club is very hot right now. They're one of the top guys with AJ Styles. Let that be a feud between them and the New Day. Absolutely, that's fine. Vaude Villains and Enzo, they have a lot of history from NXT. Let them feud over there. You know, Bullet Club's going after the championships right now. Um, but trying to bring all four of them in to like. Make it, uh, I don't know, a four-way feud all for the championship. It, it just seems very convoluted. Yeah, I Your think thoughts? so. No, I agree. Uh, it's too much too fast. I was expecting, especially since en- uh, you know Enzo just came back from injury, I thought they were going to do it, but I, they've already had you know Enzo and Cass versus the Vaude Villains on Raw or SmackDown, uh, maybe both, and uh, they've already had New Day and the Bullet Club also on Raw or SmackDown. So it's like... I think I agree with you. I would like to see them guys. Uh, but I think here's the thing that WWE is probably thinking. I think they have one picture for the tag team. They have one picture for the Intercontinental. They have one picture for the U.S. title, which we'll get into. Um, so I think that's the thing. I don't think they want two separate segments with tag team matches in, in that way. Like you got your tag team championship segment, but you also now have your segment with Gold Dango or what? what is it now? I'm sorry. It's uh, it's Tyler Breeze and Fandango. So it's Breeze Dango or whatever they call yeah. themselves. I don't know what it is. Against the Golden Truth. Yeah. Um, by the way, they're getting a lot of love on the back end. Both teams and, and they should, getting a lot they, of love. Dude, here's the thing I'm not understanding. Like like you're just saying, we've seen all of these teams, these four teams, they've all versed each other on Raw and SmackDown. Right. It takes the steam out of it when they, when they then fight each other on a pay-per-view because it's like, I've already seen this. If you want to build up the match for the pay-per-view – these guys shouldn't be touching each other. You have other tag teams on the roster that these guys can do, do what you pretty much call an exhibition match. The Ascension. The Ascension. You got the Ascension. You got the Breeze. and It's like, why isn't the Vaude Villains just having a match with Tyler Breeze and Fandango? Or why isn't, you know, Enzo and Cass, you know, having a, having a match with them? You know, why Why does it have to be... Got the Dudley boys in Yeah, you, got, you still got the Dudley boys. You got the uh, Puerto Rico guys. Uh, I mean... Yeah, yeah, Primo and Epico. Yeah. I like them as... As performers, but that gimmick is completely terrible. terrible. So, 
they were better off sticking with Los Matadores. Anyway. And I hope they come up with that. Somebody says, hey, weren't you guys under the mask of Los Matadores? Yeah. I hope they bring that up. So I would think that would be, be hilarious. Funny. So, um, you know, one of the things I hate, okay, I, I just got to say this. This is what we what, do. <laughs> so, why is it that it's like, all right, we get it, man. These guys are Latino. That doesn't mean that every gimmick that they do has to, like, be related <laughs> to some type of Latino gimmick. Like, uh... you know, I mean, come on. Like, we get it. Like. Just come up with something else. Anyway. Oh, I so, feel you. I feel you. So, um, so, so, yeah. So, I don't understand why these guys can't be wrestling other guys on Raw SmackDown instead of just each other all the time. Because it's like, now that you're at the Fatal 4-Way, I honestly have no interest in seeing. I've seen these guys wrestle before. But I guess because they're in a Fatal 4-Way, it's supposed to, like, spice things up. But it's like. It could spice things up. It also maybe protects each team because each team has to work that much. I mean, they're going to work hard, but you know what I mean? They don't have to work as hard if there's three other teams in there. Yeah. And, so, I, yeah. and they might surprise us. This this might be a sleeper match. It might not put you to sleep. I mean, the sleeper, like, we're not expecting much out of it, but it could, you know, jump off the page and be like, hey, look, awesome match. Right. It could. And I think that this would have worked better if you just did the New Day versus the club because – Right now, the club has been coming after New Day. AJ's been going after John Cena. You know, New Day kind of teaming up with John Cena to, like, you know, help them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I don't know. I just think it would have worked better just going with that feud, but they didn't. Um, I, I completely agree with so, you there. And we got a good segue there. AJ Styles and John Cena, one-on-one. John, John Cena's uh, first big match back after his uh, time away. Uh, I tell you, the first time that they stepped in the ring together, and there was like four or five minutes of let's go AJ, let's go Cena. And not Cena sucks, but let's go Cena, let's go AJ. Um, I think that this has a lot of potential. This is a good dream match. I think this is the first of many matches that they'll have. Um, It gives AJ more of a platform. And uh, John Cena, you know, having a match with John Cena is a good thing, you know. Uh, if you wear it out, maybe not. But I think they'll have just amount, the right amount of matches. I think this is good. What do you think? I'm I'm concerned, and the reason I'm concerned about this altogether, they'll have great matches. Um, but the reason I'm concerned is because AJ is coming off of a huge losing streak. Um, it's true. He just came from fighting, you know, WWE's new era of Superman with Roman Reigns and losing. Now he's going to WWE's top guy, Superman. That, you know, doesn't lose. And it's just like, you can't just keep... AJ Styles is a great performer, but, I mean, you know, he's not going to keep that momentum if he keeps getting dogged out. He's going to turn into the Dolph Ziggler of the WWE Universe. I was just thinking You know, where it's like, you're building this guy up. The fans love him. The fans love him. But every match he's in, he's losing. And then the fans are just like, eh. Wins and losses matter. They matter in WWE. I think that sometimes WWE just thinks that, like, oh, a guy's over and the fans love him and everybody knows that, you know, it's booked. But it's like, dude, they look at it and they think, like, ah, this guy just doesn't have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody. So, I'm concerned. They might play that story up uh, to where AJ Styles, you know, just is almost there but can't win the big one. Um, Something like that. Because, he's yeah, he is coming off of a – a real losing streak. He's won a couple matches on Raw and SmackDown, but that's not not where it completely matters. It's it's the pay per views. It's the big, big matches. matches, right? Yeah, I, I mean, and he put on great performances. Now, is this to say also are they pushing AJ too high too fast? I don't think so. I think he he's earned his oh, main event spot. Absolutely, he can be a main eventer, and he should be in the main yeah. event. Yeah, and I think the crowd response to him has shown he earned his spot. You know what I mean? Like he he's over. 
he'll he'll or no hill, he's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he, AJ Styles is where he needs to be. My concern is just his opponent right now in in Cena. If they go three three pay per views, I feel like AJ should win two. Cena wins the last one to kind of like end it all. Like he makes that final comeback. Even if AJ wins from interference or you know heel tactics, he's well, got to get a win in. Yeah, remember Kevin Owens and uh, John Cena, and Kevin Owens won that first match in their series of matches. Right. Um. So I I think this is where AJ gets off the uh, the Schneid, as it were. Um. I think AJ goes over on John Cena. I, money in the bank. I would hope so. I, it, WWE would make the wrong move if AJ doesn't go over. And I would be very – if he doesn't go over, I'm very concerned about where they're trying to take him or what they're doing to him as a character. So, And we will see. That will be a good match. Uh, I believe The Miz will defend his Intercontinental Championship against two. We're not sure yet. I believe Charlotte will defend the Women's Championship against two. We're not sure yet. Um, but uh, also we've got uh, Rusev defending the U.S. title against Titus O'Neil. This seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, when did Titus get into the picture? Why are the primetime players not together? Why is Bob Backlund coaching Darren Young? I <laughs> just have Darren a lot of Young questions. I have a lot of questions. I think those segments are horrible, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a Bob Backlund mark, I got to say, especially after, you know, he, he's got the whole character where he's like a, a crazy person. Um uh, so I think it's fun for a minute or two to watch that make Darren Young great again. It's not it's not that bad. Um, what I will say that um, what where did Titus O'Neil come? I mean, yeah, I know he's just coming off of that suspension because of what he did uh, on the stage with Vince. Uh, but I tell you, they're throwing him into a U.S. title picture. Do they need to do that? I don't know. Does Rusev just need to go through opponents like he did before and just keep getting win after win after win to establish that uh, monster persona again. Uh, I'm not sure. But I will tell you this, Jack Swagger's been on TV a lot. And Jack Swagger and Rusev had a feud before, and they've kind of got a small feud going, Raw, SmackDown, things like that. Jack Swagger is one of the most underrated guys. I mean, he's been world champion before. He's a great worker. Um, He's interesting to watch. He's not bad on the microphone. I like Jack Swagger. I like him a lot. So I would rather see Rusev and Jack Swagger have a feud. So you want to see that again? That match? Yeah. That feud? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't want to see the exact same feud. I want to see, like, Swagger's growing up a bit, Rusev's growing up a bit, and they've kind of grown. Like, the same people, but a little different feud. Okay. Because, I mean, last time was kind of the Rocky USA versus Ivan Drago, you know, right. Russian feud. I so. don't want to see that. I don't. Yeah. The country versus country, that's not what I want. I want to see competitor versus competitor. Okay. Like, those guys in the ring have good matches. I, I will agree with that. But Titus O'Neil, um, I don't know. I mean. Titus O'Neil is charismatic. Um, I, I just feel like WWE in general don't know what to do with Titus O'Neil. Every time Titus O'Neil goes solo, he's kind of everywhere. You know what I mean? Like one like one minute he's doing you know uh, 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 promos with with Goldust. You know then he's just then he's with Heath Slater. Then he's with or was it was it Stardust? What, Stardust. Was, Stardust. Right. So he's with Stardust. Then he's with Heath Slater. He tag, they tagged him with him. He he just had random matches. Now he's randomly in a picture. He does random backstage interviews. Everything about Titus O'Neil is random, and <laughs> he, he never has a clear feud like with anyone. True. I, I, I never know where exactly they're going with Titus O'Neil. I think that he's just one of those guys where it's like that time that they could have used him as a great solo performer, and he could have been a uh, quality you know, uh, uh, hand is gone. I think they need to stick the primetime players together. They get over pretty well with the fans. They, they work well together. 
let the tag team be. I agree. I, I, and that's I, another tag I, I team that can be fighting in that right. other picture right. exactly. to keep all these guys exactly. separate. Because Darren Young, I don't think Darren Young does well by himself. I don't think he's very great on the mic. Um, I, I just don't. I think as a performer, Darren Young's fine in the ring, but Darren Young by himself, I don't think it's going to work out. Titus O'Neil, he can kind of hold his own, but uh, they they just they just should be together. Right, I agree. That's, yeah, that's just my that's just my point. Yeah. I agree. It's almost like Enzo and Cass. Like if Enzo and Cass break up, you know, I'm I'm kind of like Enzo. I think might be able to hold his own. Cass, you know, I I'm just not sure about like like you know he's going to get attention because he's a big guy. But it's like you know that's just a tag team that works. Sometimes you just have a tag team that works, mm-hmm. man. Like the Dudley Boys, it just works. They just need to be a tag team. Primetime players, they just need to stay together. Like all right. I feel make the primetime players great again. Yeah. That's what Bob Backlund needs to do. Um, I tell you what, this has been a, a great podcast. Um, what's up? That's perfect. <laughs> Bob Backlund, make the primetime players great again. <laughs> I mean, the dynamic of it is perfect. Like, it's perfect. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. I, yeah, don't see, I, don't, I, don't I see Rusev going over in that match against Titus O'Neil, so maybe that'll happen. Yeah. Maybe they'll be doing these little side-by-side promos, and maybe Titus O'Neil will just kind of show up and sure, pop his yeah, head in. Yeah. Like, random, like yeah. he usually does. Cause I mean, remember when? Remember when they were coming back and they were doing those uh, those uh, vignettes and uh, and they were like making fun of the different teams and stuff. It was great. That was man. fantastic. They're great together. Like, come on. I right, agree. I'm sorry. I, I started talking right. again. You were trying to end the podcast. I was, let's but that's it. okay. Let's, let's end this. Let's. Thing. We're gonna end it on a good note. But hey, next time on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, we're gonna talk about Money in the Bank results uh, on the road to SummerSlam. We're gonna talk about. Uh, some more EWA stuff, and I think we're going to have Yo, some more we're gonna EWA have guests. EWA guests at the mansion. In the mansion. In, in the house. In the house. Oh, man, it's going to be great. And, uh, you know, it's going to come up in a couple of weeks. But I say enjoy this podcast, share this podcast, um, and uh, we want to hear from you. So please uh, send us emails, send us comments on the Facebook page. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, share this. Tell everybody. The word is getting out there. The word is definitely getting out there. Make sure you follow us. Like our our podcast. I'm going to say videos, but it's a podcast. <laughs> like our podcast on SoundCloud. Um, it does help. Yeah, and we're going to uh, we're gonna have some different ways to listen to this podcast sometime in the near future. So, But, yeah, that like and follow us on SoundCloud. That's a, the best way to know when the next one's coming up. Uh, so, uh, we've had a great time. Any final thoughts for us today, Big Ugly? Um... We've had a great conversation. Yeah, we've had, man, we've had a great conversation. I mean, I, I'll just say my usual, Roman Reigns sucks. Um, Jesus. No, <laughs> um, no, nah, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. We had a great conversation. Um, we, we did. We and, leave it. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back to you in a couple of weeks. But, again, share, enjoy. And uh, this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And as we always say, deuces. deuces.